welcome to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. I'm joined this week by Pistol. No cheese in the studio today, mate. Yeah, he's uh, gone away for a little while, so we're going to be covering him. So we might need to do maybe uh, more of an abridged version today. Yeah, a bit of a shorter podcast this time around, but we're not going to miss any of the crazy important details. Um, we'll jump straight into the team lineups uh, in this one, Pistol. And the first game off the blocks is Geelong versus the Western Bulldogs. So um, do you want to walk us through that one? Yeah, sure. So the big news of this game is that James Parson is playing. He has not been dropped, which might save people a donut. So, well, I mean, he might score pretty much the same as a donut. So wait and see on uh, your celebrations. But Scott Selwood plays his first game of the year for Geelong. Uh, Reece Stanley and Holland Smith um, are out on the Bulldogs side. Um, I think the biggest news here is uh, Libba has been omitted and Matthew Boyd has shoulder injury. Supercoach relevance, not so much, and uh, Mitch Wallace does make his return. Yeah, very good for um, Mitch. I'm not actually sure who to tip in this one. Um, very, very difficult game, but I think I'm going to go with a home team. Um, just such a such a good game. It's good to have a good Friday night contest. Um, on to the next game is St. Kilda versus the Sydney Swans. Um, not a whole lot happening uh, Supercoach relevance in this one, but it is interesting to note that the Swans have Rampy, Rohan, and Tipper all back, so um, it'll be interesting to see all the rookies, especially Newman's role with uh, the big guns back. Um, they come in for Naismith, McVeigh, and Harry Marsh, um, and then ins and outs for St. Kilda is McKenzie, McCartan, and Kobe Stevens. in. McCartan finally gets that call up. Um, it'd be good to sort of end some of the speculation. I think Damian Barrett especially is going pretty hard um, at the fact that McCartan wants out, but I think the kid's just learning in the VFL and enjoying his time at the Saints. Um, out goes Webster, Minchinton, and Josh Bruce, who was omitted. So um, not a lot crazy happening super coach wise in this one, Pistol. Yeah, I think uh, Kobe Stevens is probably one to watch. He's 467K and basically putting up a 100 average. He's only played two games, though, so on the bubble this week. Um, certainly keep your eye on him uh, throughout the bye period. Rampy back is interesting just because um, Nick Newman is still obviously going to be playing off the back line as uh, McVeigh is injured. But Jake Lloyd um, has been named on the wing, um, which isn't an unfamiliar role. He probably starts a bit um, behind the ball and will, will run forward um, when needed. I think he'll keep scoring as he's uh, been currently scoring, which is pretty much a ceiling of like 100 and a, a floor of 99 is he's been that consistent. Um, moving on to the next game, GWS Giants versus Richmond. Toby Green uh, returns from suspension, and Perryman, who is a first gamer, comes into the side. Um, I've just got some uh, stuff here about Perryman's form in the kneeful. He pretty much is averaging about 21, 22 touches. Um, seems to be kicking a couple of goals, but basically I'm not sure how good of a option he's going to be. He's pretty much got limited upside um, according to his stats, but again, when he come to the AFL, anything can happen, so he's one to watch. He's 157k defender, midfielder, has got that round 13 buy, so a bit hard to get a defender rookie um, with that round 13 buy. Caniglio is out, as is Himmelberg. On the Richmond side, there's quite a few changes here. Um, most notably, Ivan Soldo comes in um, for his second game, which might affect uh, Nankervis, but we'll wait and see on that one. Prestia does come back from an injury, and Shy Bolton um, plays his first game. It's going to be interesting watching Shy Bolton. I'm not sure what he will bring to the side um, that some of their other smalls 
don't. Um, Butler is out with that groin injury, which is big news. Um, Oleg Markov has been omitted. Corey Ellis has been omitted. Todd Elton has been omitted. Jack Batchelor has been omitted. Basically, they just tossed out half of their underperforming team. Um, yeah, they do have a lot of small players that can play a similar role to Shai Bolton, so I'm not sure on his job security just yet. Hopefully, he has an absolute blinder um, and he can remain in the team. should say for GWS, Daniel Lloyd does um, play his second game. He hasn't been omitted. Yeah, great news for Daniel Lloyd there. He should be a good cash cow next week. Um, it is interesting, the Ivan Soldo um, situation, because he was um, he was named when Nate came back, and we're all, we're all very worried then. But um, he was then later dropped out when the uh, full teams were listed. Um, and now he's back, and I, just, I don't really know how to feel about it. I, I think Nate does really well as a ruckman, but hopefully he just swings up to the forward line rather than having a rest on the bench. And um, hopefully bags a couple of good goals. So um, hopefully good news for Nank, but um, we'll yet to find out. Um, and on to the next game, it's Brisbane versus the Adelaide Crows. So Dane Beams comes back for this one with Humor Cluggage and Matthew Hamelman. Um, out goes Rowan Buick, Josh Shackey, and Tom Rockus. So some big ins, but some big outs for Brisbane there. Um, in for the Adelaide Crows is Jake Lever and two debutons um, in one round because I've swung a bit of an axe um, at their uh, performing unperforming players. So Jordan Gallucci and Hugh Greenwood are in. There was a lot of speculation about Hugh Greenwood in the preseason. Um, he had a good JLT series and a lot of people were starting their um, starting their teams with him. But although he was when he wasn't picked in that first round. Um, he flew out of a lot of teams, probably all teams. Um, out goes Troy Menzel, Josh Jenkins um, due to omission, and David McKay with omission as well. Um, do you know much about these two Adelaide boys? I know Hugh Greenwood's definitely one to look out for, Pistol. Yeah, Hugh Greenwood's going to be a great pick, I think. These are his um, tackle counts uh, through his five SANFL games. He's had nine tackles, eight tackles, eight tackles, nine tackles, eight tackles, along with every game pretty much above 20 possessions, mostly around the 25 possession mark. So he's pretty much a ball magnet that also tackles, um, to me, that screams points, and I think he's going to be a really good um, cash generation uh, rookie, so he's hopefully will get named a couple more times. Jordan Gallucci, on the other hand, he I think he adds a lot of class. Um, he, he's definitely oozes class. He moves well around the field. I'm not sure how good of a super coach player he's going to be in his first year. Um, I mean, maybe in the future, but at least there's a forward option that's around 13. Um, that might be helpful through the buys. Yeah, no doubt. Um, the next game is your boys versus Hawthorne. Um, just a quick um, in and out. So it's Adam Trelaw in and Ben Reed out. Uh, Hawthorne have Caden Brand, Taylor Duray, Ty Vickery, Brandon Whitecross all coming in. For Jack Fitzpatrick, Ben Stratton, Sirioli, and James Frawley um, for a multitude of injuries there for the Hawks. Do you give your boys much of a chance in this one, Pistol? Oh, I'm hoping this will be the first time that we knock them off in the last five years. Uh, we have a terrible record against Hawthorne. I think our average losing margin is like 45 points or around 50 points um, in like the last five years. So this is the time. We only lost by one point last time, so I think we've, we're finally going to do it. Well, fingers crossed. They've got quite a few significant injuries, um, and now their back line is as good as our forward line, so it's even the playing field. Yeah, and I think I speak on behalf of every Trelaw owner when I say, please, Trelaw. I, I don't care if it's 100 on the dot. 
Just show me three figures, please. Hopefully the week off did him a world of good, but it's definitely worrying owning him coming into the buy section. Um, in the next game, we've only got some ins um, just to fill out the extended bench here. Essendon bring Bell Chambers, Merritt, and Craig Bird onto... That's Jackson Merritt, um, I should say. And Craig Bird onto the extended bench, whilst West Coast bring Jamie Cripps, Drew, Drew Petrie, and Jackson Nelson onto their extended bench. And having a look at the extended bench, um, especially of West Coast Eagles... So you've got Jack Redden, Sharad Wellingham, Jamie Cripps, Drew Petrie, Jackson Nelson, Josh Hill, and Kurt Mutimer. Um, obviously, the super coach relevant one there is Kurt Mutimer. Which one do you see, which three do you see falling out of that side and into the emergencies pistol? I think Petrie, Nelson, and possibly Mutimer um, over Hill will fall out. It's probably going to be one of Hill or Mutimer. Not great signs um, for Mutima owners, but we'll wait and see. Hopefully he gets a nod and uh, can continue scoring decently. Um, it'd be shocking now to get dropped with all the other rookie carnage that's been happening lately. Yeah, no doubt. And then you look at the Essendon extended bench, and it's Andrew McGrath, Tom Bell Chambers, Joe Watson, Josh Green, Jackson Merritt, David Myers, and Craig Bird. So it's, um, what do you think happens with Myers now? I think Myers still will play. Um, I, I don't think they'll make any changes to their winning side from last week, so I'm pretty happy with um, Myers' job security at the moment. Yeah, fingers crossed there. And McNeese is interesting to note that he hasn't come back from that rest about four weeks ago, so maybe not so much of a rest, more of a um, go play in the seconds for a little while. <laughs> um, and the next one... Uh, we've got Fremantle versus Carlton. The only um, omission here is Simon White from either side. Whilst they both stock up their extended benches, um, Fremantle bringing Stephen Hill, Tommy Sheridan, and Nick Subin. So interesting that Stephen Hill's one of those. Um, and Carlton have Dennis Armfield, Liam Jones, um, who's the man, the myth, the legend, Blaine Bowkirst, and David Cunningham come in. So um, not a lot of interest in this um, game, super coach wise. But there definitely was interest during the week regarding Harley Ballack pistol. Yeah, Harley Ballack has uh, taken indefinite leave from football, so uh, we wish him all the best, and we'd like to see him come back soon, especially for our super coach sides and for his own sake. But yeah, not great news heading into the bye, knowing a rookie's probably not going to come back. It is um, interesting to see uh, Levi Casbolt named as the ruck against Aaron Sandylands this week, so maybe a sneaky captaincy option for uh, Sandylands owners. <laughs> be a bit of a punt though well, speaking of captaincy ruck options this next game um, of Melbourne versus North Melbourne I'll quickly go through the ins and outs so Melbourne stock up their extended bench with Melksham, Alex Neil Bullen and James Harms whilst North Melbourne have Dumont and Simkin go out for a concussion and AC joint and Jared Waite, Swallow Aaron Mullet, Taylor Garner and Declan Mountford come in um, I expect Jared Waite to slot straight back into this team, but it's interesting to see, Pistol, that lining up as the followers are Tom McDonald versus Todd Goldstein. If you had Goldie, um, would you be looking much elsewhere for a captaincy option this week? Well, I think you'd be very tempting depending on how your VC went, especially rucking you know, against a combination of Pedersen, Watson, possibly Tom McDonald. Um, I think Goldie's going to be in for a big game, especially he's starting to hit his straps and scoring tons. Yeah, no doubt. And um, Sean Higgins is the obvious captaincy option in this game with a um, a lock-in for 140-plus there. So <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe a little optimistic. 
Um, we will jump into the captaincy options. It's a very difficult week this week, Pistol, um, with not a lot of players actually being in form for our team. So I'm not sure about you, but I had two midfielders crack the ton uh, during the week, and all my um, high scores seem to be coming from my defense, uh, also thanks to uh, Nick Newman. Um, so which way we, are you going with your um, vice-captaincy and captaincy, or which way would you implore people go? Well, I think the obvious choice on a Friday night, it's always going to be Bont versus Danger versus Selwood. Uh, they are playing at um, Skill Stadium, so um, Dangerfield and Selwood have great records there, especially Selwood. I think for me, I don't own Bont, so I'm going to have to go <laughs> with uh, Dangerfield, but if you had the Bont, he's always a great VC option. Um, looking past that, there's not too many other options. Maybe someone from the Swans game um, or some sort of Tom Mitchell, I think, might score well. The The risky pick, I guess, would be Rory Laird against Brisbane. Um, but unfortunately, probably he's, he's probably not going to score uh, high enough to be able to take with that VC. Who are you looking at, JB? At the moment, I've got the vice-captaincy on Bont and Pelly, but that could change the danger field, although it was confirmed, um, I think today, just recently at the recording of the podcast, that he was still playing injured. So um, it does make me lean slightly towards the Bont, but we all know what Dangerfield can do, um, especially on his home deck. But my captaincy option is someone who I should have captained last week but took it off um, due to scariness of what Dangerfield could do and that's Tom Mitchell just one score below the ton um, with an 85 his he's, uh, floor is just so high um, and I think he just screams captain option considering how um, how consistent he is uh, if we refer to Lahug's captain's article um, he did list a top three vice captains and captains so um, he's imploring people to go Danger, Sloan or even Zorko if you own him as your vice captain and for your captain options, he's looking at Neil, Zach Merritt, or um, Tom Mitchell. So um, with Goldstein being the disclaimer um, as an obvious option for him. So um, if you have those players, uh, I think they're relatively safe based on the statistics um, that Lahug goes through. But um, for me, I'm sticking it safe with Bont and then Titchell. I don't think it's the, the top round I'd take a risk on pistol. Yeah, I'm in another boat entirely. I've got no idea who I'm going to put my C on. I'm leaning towards one of uh, Doherty, <laughs> which is a little outside the box. Even Elliot Yo, who's been in great form. Or Nat Fife. I know he does play Carlton. They do play um, over at Domain Stadium, so um, Nat Fife could be one to watch as well. Yeah, no doubt about Nat Fife. Um, we're going to have a quick look at our forward line issues this week. And it does help a lot that Parsons was named, especially for those who um, picked him up a couple of weeks, or only for those who picked him up a couple of weeks ago. Um, but a lot of people are experiencing some trouble considering um, they have Wits or even Tom Lynch, and then they're coughing Butler um, among another few out. So um, what would you suggest if someone was facing a donut with, um, with Wits per se? So I think the biggest thing to look at is... If you're definitely going to cop a donut this week because of someone like Wits, you might want to look at trading him to someone like Steph Martin, or probably only Steph Martin. Um, Steph is averaging 109. He has four scores, which is half his scores, above 120 this year. So people are saying Wits has a lot more money to make. I would argue Steph has a break-even of 88. He also has a bit of money to make. He is down because he had one bad game. So... By the time they both um, make as much money as you're hoping, I think 
if Wits goes up another 50k, Steph Martin's probably going to go up 40k and you've only made 10k profit, in which case you may as well just have made that trade to get in that, that primo. Um, so definitely to avoid a donut, I would trade to Steph Martin. The only problem is Steph Martin does have that round 11 buy, so if you're not set for the buys and you're trading in a round 11 buy play, and you, if you're definitely going to cop donut in round 11 because of that, it might not be worthwhile making the trade at all. I think you really need to be careful in this week's tradings and next week's tradings about which players you're trading in based on their buys, and especially if you're going for overall. If you're going for league, maybe not so much, but keep an eye on that round 11 buy. I'm not sure after this week I would be looking at trading anyone in with a round 11 buy. I'd probably be looking at some of the round 13 buy plays or round 12 um, just as we approach round 11. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you have to be careful with your buys. I'll, um, I'll give you another scenario. So that, that covers wits off. I agree. You probably should try to avoid that donut, especially if you're in a scenario in which you're going for rank and you're already highly ranked. Um, my second scenario is if you've got Eddie and Balik and Butler um, and you're potentially facing a zero in your forward line, but you don't really want to trade uh, change your trades too much because um, you're potentially facing carnage elsewhere, um, what would you suggest to do with these players? Would you prioritize, no matter what, changing any of your change uh, trade plans to get rid of a donor, or would you still um, try and jump on a bargain that you've potentially missed out on? For example, Yo, um, this week, to, uh, maybe if you need to get him in the midfield, um, would you give up a bargain this week to avoid a donut and potentially even miss that bargain uh, altogether, Pistol? This is uh, particularly hard given who you trade in might not even score, if, especially if they're a rookie. They might not even score much more than a zero, as we saw with Parsons 19 um, last two weeks ago now. Um, I think if you had to trade in a rookie early, probably um, James Stewart from Essendon. I guess he had a really good game last week, so he probably has bought himself a fortnight. He just needs to perform in one of the next two games before he has a chance of being dropped again. Um, there's not really many other options in the forward line rookies, to, to be fair. So... Yeah, I think I would try and do maybe a Balak to a Stewart. They both have the same buy as well, so that shouldn't hurt too much of um, your structure. Butler, though, is got, has got a groin injury, and he has no chance of returning until at least after the buy. So you could get rid of him instead. Um, and for those holding Pickett, well, I don't think we're going to see Pickett anytime soon, so I'd probably uh, get rid of him first. Yeah, no doubt, and Eddie does have the buy, but I have a sneaky feeling we'll see him um, well, definitely sooner than Pickett, so um, he might be one that if you can uh, hold on to, but if it means getting rid of a buy, I'd definitely um, have no hesitations in trading him as well. So, What about those with uh, Rockliffe? Would you be trading or would you be holding Rockliffe? Um, do we have an exact time frame in which Rockliffe will return? Well, they originally said two to three weeks, but there has been a report saying that it's possible he might return next week. I don't know how I feel about him missing, uh, having his shoulder popped out and then playing after missing just one week. It is rocky, it is as tough as nails, but it, that did hurt him last year when he had ribs. He came back too early, broke his ribs again and had to miss more games. Um, so sometimes it does work against him. But what do you think you would do in uh, that scenario, JB? Um, I think I'd definitely hold. So um, his, um, his scenario is a little different to Wits, where Wits you don't know will be a top two Ruckman or even top four Ruckman come the end of the season should he slow down for whatever reason. Uh, Rocky, on the other hand, he's looked uh, just absolutely sensational and... 
Um, if you trade him out, you're probably going to be looking to trade him back in later on during the season um, should he become a guaranteed top four midfield option. If he was only missing the, the two weeks, say um, he missed this week, uh, next week, and then obviously had his buy, the buy is not going to matter, obviously, because you're missing him anyway. Can you cover him for two weeks? If you can, then definitely. If you're going to cop a zero with him, that's when it starts to get hard. But I still think I'd try to trade a non-playing rookie like Pickett in the midfield um, and cover Rocky with a Myers or someone rather than actually trading him out and potentially getting burned in two weeks' time. Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty good advice. The only thing is in round 11, if you're also going to cop a zero, so let's say you're copying a zero in round or this week or next week just because you don't have the, the depth um, with all these rookies being out and then you know you're going to cop around 11-0 as well. Um, that might be a bit more difficult in which case it might be worthwhile trading him out now to somebody and then trading him back in after the buy. He's expensive though so you probably will have to um, plan ahead to make sure you can get him back but otherwise I think I'd be holding Rockcliffe. Yeah, it's a precarious situation and I do know a friend that traded him in this week and was... Um, they called me up and spoke to me and, and were so ecstatic about their big score. And I was like, uh, you do know that they popped their shoulder at the end of the game. And then you, you could just tell their heart was just broken instantly because uh, we all know what Rockcliffe did to us a couple of years ago as well. So um, hopefully he comes back in the next week or so. Um, hopefully next week. That'll be that'll be ideal for those who held him. Um, and that'll just make your decision uh, so worthwhile. But Worst case, should he come back after the buy, just try and cover him with whatever score you can. Um, Myers seems like a good option. And then just um, cop him for that round 11 buy and have him for the rest of the season, hopefully. So um, it is a strange situation knowing his injury history. So that, yes, that now does cover the carnage, hopefully, for the week. Um, if you do have any individual carnage, make sure you message us um, on the actual podcast post. And we'll get to all your questions on there. So we jump on there personally and answer them. So um, it's hard to be personalized when talking on the podcast. But um, if you do have any issues, we will answer you on there. Um, Cancer Council, Pistol, I believe there's been a donation. (laughs) It definitely has. Uh, Thank you very much, Dan. He has donated, though, because he forgot to switch Balak to the forwards and somehow has cost himself um, a donut. So he feels pretty bad about that and um, paid up for the Donate for Donuts, which was very kind of him. Um, We do have a team to review for someone who has donated to the podcast, so thank you very much, Joel. Um, Joel sent in his team, and pretty much he has uh, some work to do, I think. (laughs) Um, So I'll just quickly read out his team. He has uh, Doherty, Laird, Heath Shaw, Andy Otten, Williamson, Melican, Tom Stewart, Nick Newman. The midfield has got Bont, Danger, Pendles, Taylor Adams, Fife. JPK, Powell Pepper, Myers, Barrett Pickett, Zach Fisher. In the forward line, no, sorry, ruck line, he's got Steph Martin and Sandyland. In the forward line, he's got Yo, Dalhouse, Nank, Butler, Parsons, Green, and Eddie. Obviously, Green's going to come come back this week and, and replace Butler, so doesn't have any donuts there, even though it might look like it. Um, JB, the back line feels uh, very shaky having all of Otten, Williamson, and Melikin on the field. Um, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't like it, and every time I looked at it, if it was my team, I'd, I'd definitely flinch a little bit. But the good news is Otten um, is listed up forward this week, so he hopefully won't put out any more terrible scores. I did hear that he had Adams in the midfield, so um, if he could potentially work a trade and upgrade one of those other rookies 
um, into a midfielder, push Adams back into the um, defence. That's probably your best option. You can't be playing that many poor scoring defenders on your field, otherwise you're just limiting your scoring potential, Pistol. Yeah, it's a bit hard to tell because uh, we weren't provided with how much cash he has in the bank, or, or trades for that matter, so uh, that does make the job a little bit harder. But um, for me, I think Williamson may have peaked, in which case if you trade out Williamson, um, you push Taylor Adams back into the back line, you play Nick Newman over Melikin, the back line looks a lot more solid. The problem is Barrett has to come on for SPP. You might be able to, depending on how much money in the bank, uh, downgrade someone like Butler and upgrade um, SPP or, or Williamson. Um, it's a bit tough, as I said. We don't have any money in the bank. But this week, given um, he already has Myers, uh, which rookie do you th- would you be looking at this week, JB? I think he said it earlier, and Stewart is the best option, but it is difficult when you need a midfielder. So um, this is why we don't jump on rookies a week early. So it does make it tough. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd find a way to get Stewart in so I'd potentially go Butler down um, and then trade Williamson into your midfield for Adams um, obviously play Nick Newman on the field as you suggested and then um, yeah trade trade Williamson up to a um, hopefully if you've got a bit of cash in the bank there a, a premium midfielder so I think that all works out. He's still by his, his team's a little bit of a mess with all these DPP switches, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, if you need some more money, maybe uh, SPP to someone like um, Daniel Lloyd, which will free up 200k, and maybe if you have maybe 60, 70k in the bank, you could do a Williamson to a Primo. I guess uh, if you had to cheap out and pick one bottom end Primo, um, Dusty Martin's only 510k. Otherwise, obviously, if you have more money than that, you could grab someone like a. a Tom Mitchell or Zach Merritt, who was still kindly priced at like 560, 570k as well. All right, well, I think that covers it for the podcast, mate. If you have any other issues, make sure you um, comment on our podcast post on Facebook. Um, if you aren't comfortable doing that, then you can email us at drsupercoachpod at gmail.com. That is D-R-S-C-P-O-D at gmail.com. Um, we'll be looking at that all day, so we'll answer all your questions and needs. And thank you very much, Pistol, for joining us for this one, mate. I should say thank you very much for uh, filling in this week for us, JB. Yeah, I know. Chizo's uh, left us in the dark and we've provided a shorter podcast. So you can find us on iTunes. Uh, Make sure you give us a review. So um, we did lose our iTunes account from last year. So those who um, did review last year would love it if you chucked us another one. Um, We're slowly climbing the rankings. It's just so people can find us and get their super coach advice in. Um, We're obviously on SoundCloud and the post will be on the Facebook. You can get on our website, drsc.com.au for the podcast as well. Um, We are seeming to have uh, having a couple of issues with the loading of that, but that should all be fixed very, very shortly. So thank you for your patience. And thank you again for joining us, Pistol, and everyone that is listening and we'll catch you next week. All right. Thanks very much, community.